I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And then I woke up the next day to the internet just being a dumpster fire. What's going on, guys? And welcome back to Watch Time as we took a little bit of an Easter break last week, but now we return with some hot, spicy topics to talk about. Sorry for the break last week, guys. It was um, unexpected. We actually had a bit of a family situation happen. Our, our grandma was really sick, and so we, you know, had to be the good grandchildren. We decided to make the call to fly down there really last minute. So, but we're back. She and is good. She's all good. Everyone is happy, and I'm excited to get back into it. I feel like there's some interesting stuff happening at the moment. And I think we're going to be, I mean, what we're covering today, I believe Discord and obviously you can't go past the Lil Nas stuff, which I absolutely am obsessed with what he did there. I don't even know whether or not it was like as planned as my brain makes it out to be, but but our first topic is going to be Discord and the fact that Microsoft is apparently buying them for $10 billion with a B. With a big B. That is insane, but also absolutely i don't know for me very very justified i think i think discord is one of the greatest apps that's been developed in a very long time i think it's so interesting because discord is obviously inherently tied to gaming culture it's like really where it stemmed in popularity and they're obviously now really trying to break beyond that but i find it amazing that Discord is as big as it is and still I've 95% of my like normie friends would not even know what Discord is. And also just how well it functions. Yeah. Like I don't know, like we use a lot of like, you know, different um, messaging apps internally. I use like, so many work. different messaging apps. Like, like there's like WhatsApp and stuff for messaging people. We use Slack internally for like click. Discord for me, I don't know, it beats them all. It seems to actually do pretty much every single job that all these different apps do, but it does it all. I'll admit I was a Discord non-believer for a long time and I resisted it for a long time. And I was like, I use enough messaging apps. Like I message a lot of people in different countries every day. I message a lot of talent that like to be messaged in different days. And I'm like between email, iMessage, WhatsApp, Twitter DM, Telegram, I know I'm missing a couple in there somewhere. I was like, I really don't need Discord to be like an addition to this. Mm. I brought it into my life about a year and a half ago. We now have like a click management Discord that we use all the time. And I couldn't live without it. Like I don't know what alternative we we would possibly be using if it wasn't Discord. I think the funniest thing and the craziest thing is when you see one of these, a lot of the time, like someone develops something and you're like, okay, wow, that was actually a really crazy idea and so, so smart. Every now and again, or not even every now and again, I feel like all the time, these crazy apps get developed that get billion, billion, billion dollar valuations. And I'm like, fuck, it was a bit obvious. Can't believe no one (laughs) didn't do that before. Like, for example, Uber. Makes a lot of sense. And the whole concept of that, <laughs> you're like, man, okay, I can't believe it took us that long to get to it. But especially Discord. But I remember back in like 2012, 2013, right when I was really getting into playing a lot more games and doing like team games in Team Fortress 2, there was no go-to voice communication app. Like, there what about really, really Skype? Wasn't. It, 
Exactly. And who's going to use Skype? <laughs> um, no, but literally that was it. Like you would you would have to Skype someone or you'd use this program called TeamSpeak yeah. where you would literally have to rent a server every month and like pay $5 a month to like rent the server space. Yeah. And then you could like share the IP with people and they would log in and it had these like awful text channels and it was just like all round an awful experience. So then Discord comes along and he's just like, wow, like obviously it, it just seemed like such a thing that needed to exist and it absolutely killed it. And it's just one of those products that I remember I actually got sponsored to uh, way, way early on to to promote it back oh, in the really? days. That's yeah. so cool. They, they sponsored me to make a server, but it's one of those things every now and again, you do a sponsor thing. You're like, man, like, thank you for bringing this to my attention. Cause now I actually like, it, I think it was the, what brought discord to like the forefront for me. I was like, man, this is great. I'm going to keep using it. That's so good. Yeah. And the acquisition by Microsoft for 10 billion sounds like a lot. I've just Googled because mentioning Skype made me remember that Skype as well is owned by Microsoft. I've heard an interesting sort of anecdote the last few weeks where people say that when things are acquired by Microsoft, they, oftentimes go to die. Um, and it is interesting that in 2011, Microsoft bought Skype for how much do you think? He's thinking, he's got a big thinking face $3 on. $3 billion. Wrong. Higher. 10? 8.5. Oh. In 2011. So that's really like valuing Skype at, at the present day value that they were valuing Skype far higher than what they're valuing Discord at right now. Yeah. And, and what is Skype? I really hope they don't screw it up. I love Discord. I want Discord to stay. I, I don't know. I, I have faith they, they can't screw it up. I think that like Discord is now just this beautiful, it's at a point now where it just works. Like the text yeah. channels, the server customization, the voice chat, everything. It just works. I think voice chat's a really interesting concept that people are developing on a lot at the moment. And, um, you know, you see that with the rise of apps like Clubhouse that have just recently absolutely surged in popularity. Mm. And apparently Clubhouse, Clubhouse, for those that don't know, is still, I believe, in an invite-only format. It really never touched it. I still don't know what it is. <laughs> so it's incredibly popular. It does send me about 56 notifications a day, which I'm starting to slightly resent. Clubhouse is basically a um, verbal audio kind of live podcasting app I would say it straddles like live podcasting and social media you can go onto clubhouse and you can follow different people or topics and there'll be different rooms that you can jump into and a lot of the time you might be able to speak or a lot of the time you're just listening to mm. people who are doing like interviews or that sort of thing and it's really interesting I think it garnered a huge amount of popularity in like the tech startup kind of community. It's um, become wildly popular over the last few months. I do have to say I find the audio thing slightly challenging for the format that Clubhouse is working in, but apparently I did hear today that they are trying to do a round of funding at a $4 billion valuation. So it is just crazy. And like, I don't know, I feel like you and I have touched on this in the last few weeks, but the valuations that just come for some of these companies is- It's crazy. It's nuts. It's crazy. It's just like made up numbers. Yeah. I'm and like, also where did like- you, what, it, what even is $4 billion? I actually can't mentally conceive what that even is. And I think, what the, I think the craziest part about it to me is that like for a lot of these apps that are doing these crazy values, Valuations. They don't have like everything in tech. They don't have business models. They don't no. have like this is how we're going to make money. I don't they think Clubhouse has any revenue 
No, and even <laughs> even um even Discord, like Discord's revenue is, I, I think, purely through their like Nitro at the moment, which is kind of like where you get some extra little perks on your account. Yeah. But I don't think that many people have Nitro. No, so like I've and, never actually heard of Nitro, and I use Discord every day. And I cannot imagine the server costs behind running something like that, like having to provide all the audio, like all the infrastructure for transmitting, you know, photos, videos, everything, storing all that because you can literally go back to the day dot that a server started and look at all the message history. Yeah. There is so much that they would have to pay for and I don't understand how they recoup it, but apparently they're worth $10 billion. So there you go. What do I know? Yeah, literally. I don't know. It's absolutely crazy. I think it'll be really interesting to see that it happens. And I think it's obviously a massive transaction. And when my friends that aren't involved in the gaming world at all are messaging me being like, Microsoft is buying this thing for $10 billion. Like what even is it? And worst of all, we just need to pray that Microsoft doesn't screw up my favorite app. Don't don't go Skype on it. That's so cool that you did a brand deal for them like back in the day. Yeah. That's awesome. I went you to did a, a brand Discord deal. party. Oh, hello. You did a brand deal for like Fortnite back in the day, which yeah. is so cool. Some of my favorite things like are things that initially like sponsored me to try them out. And then I was like, oh, it's actually pretty good. And like credit to the brand for like finding creators that really align with yeah. what their products are no, they as did, well. They did such, I mean, obviously they did a good job. I don't even know. I, I don't even know if like Discord is a success of marketing in the sense that they were able to really take over the market and get a good share. Or is it just they made a product that was that good? Because yeah. I think in my circles, it, it wasn't that Discord was being marketed heavily. I literally had friends who were still using TeamSpeak and I was like, guys, this is just ridiculous. Like we need to use Discord. Like Baz back in the day, yeah. he refused to change from TeamSpeak to Discord for months. I was like, I don't understand. What's what's the downside here? It's literally just everything TeamSpeak does, but free and better. Yeah. Anyway, point being is if you want to become a billionaire, apparently uh, just think up a really obvious idea. Well, actually, if you want to become a billionaire, that kind of segues into a little topic. The Forbes billionaire list came out today and mm. Kim Kardashian is now a billionaire alongside her little sister, Kylie Jenner. Is Kylie so still a So interesting. She is. She's actually the youngest self-made billionaire for the second year in a row. Was that self-made? <laughs> <laughs> so regardless of your feelings on self-made though, I think it is an interesting thing to touch on. And I know we're not usually talking about the Kardashians on Watch Time. You have to give credit, I think, that the Kardashians are the original influence. Like they mm. were doing skinny me tees before anyone was doing skinny me tees. Whether you respect or like them or not, they absolutely have created empires out of their personalities, which which to me is the ultimate influencer. And mm. they've created these brands and these legacies. I really look to the Kardashians. I look to Kris Jenner. I look to these people and see what they're doing and ga gain inspiration from that because I think you'd be silly not to with the success that they've had, whether rightly or wrongly you think they deserve it. But I think um, what I find super interesting about the shift that the Kardashians have made over the last decade is they were the influencers that were doing a lot of brand deals. They were doing a lot of sponsorships. That was how they made their cash. They were doing cash for comment. They were doing sponsored posts on mm. Instagrams like back in the day. And over the last few years, you can see that they really, really started to move away from that by doing more uh, collaborations with brands. So they would do things like Kim Kardashian's 
Sun collection or Kim Kardashian's like Sephora makeup palette and that sort of thing where they were clearly moving into the realm, which you see a lot of creators doing these days where beyond just being paid to promote a product, they're probably getting some sort of revenue share or profits share. It's like a low risk model to start to break into an industry of creating your own brand. And then in the last few years, they've gone full balls to the wall months. Sorry, excuse my French. I don't know what other term to use for that in terms of creating their own brands. Mm. And they've created Kylie Cosmetics and Kim has her Kim Kardashian West makeup brand and she's got Skims, her like underwear brand. And I think it's just really an interesting observation that that's what it takes to get to billionaire status. Mm. And And while they were able to start being influencers, the ability that they've had to pivot that to pivot influencing, which is very oftentimes seen as like not a very serious career mm. or not something that people take seriously or people would sort of laugh at girls doing sponsored Instagram posts on Instagram. They have fully been able to turn that, which is what they started doing, turn that into literally billion-dollar businesses by owning them and leveraging their image and likeness and popularity into products that people really want to buy. Mm. And I think that is so interesting to me. And I think it's just super, super exciting for the industry in general, whether or not you like the Kardashians. No, I'm, and also speaking of billionaires, it's also a great segue into our main topic of the day. Yeah. Which is Lil Nas. Yeah, so maybe not a billionaire yet, but well on his way. So break this down for me because I feel like I was sort of offline the last week and kind of missed all of this. Yeah, like I initially- Give me a little little, um, background. Lil Nas, obviously, uh, you know, old town road man. Of course, Um, who could forget? He's he's actually had a pretty crazy few years. So obviously he started with old town road when that just went absolutely viral. Off TikTok. He was like the original TikTok dance- Trend guy. And then put out another couple of songs that also did relatively well. He came out as gay, I think, about a year ago. He's just dropped his most recent song, which is called Montero. And I remember, like, when it came out, like, I think I saw it pop up on my Twitter feed uh, from following him. I, like, watched the video and I was like, oh, yeah, it's spicy. Listen to the song. It was like, goes pretty good. And then, like, that was all I thought about it. Goes pretty good. Guys, when- Elliot and I have just been away for Easter for the last four days, and I can't tell you how many times he played that song. But, like, but that's the thing. Then it grew it's on me and it grew on me. But anyway, after I listened to it that first time, saw the music video, I was like, and to clarify, in this music video, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it depicts a lot of pretty aggressive stuff, the way that uh, he's he's dressing and behaving throughout the video, which actually, to be fair, if it was a girl, it would probably just be a normal music video. So shout outs to him for breaking those stereotypes. Yeah. But like to give you an idea of how crazy it gets, at one point, I believe uh, he's dressed uh, with like a, a wig on and he's going down a strip pole that goes all the way to hell and then he arrives in hell and proceeds to give Satan a lap dance and then snaps Satan's neck and becomes the devil. I think I'm summing that up pretty well. Okay. But anyway, I watched the music video. I was like, whoa, okay, yep. Um, Like strip pole, strip dance on the devil, like you do you. And then I woke up the next day to the internet just being a dumpster fire. All these conservative uh, kind of politicians and, and just people in general had come out being like, this is like disgusting. This is the corruption of our youth today. Look at the kind of people we're idolizing, people who are literally... 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Giving Satan a lap dance. Like, literally using it as like a point to like be like, this is how messed up society has gotten. It was the single most successful like free marketing that I think I've ever seen for a music video. Do you think he knew what he was going into when he did it? I don't know if that's what I would... I mean, obviously, I think they knew it would be controversial, but I don't think they ever could have anticipated it going this crazy. And the irony is, I think my favourite part about this whole thing is that the people who are generating all this outrage over um, over his music video, you know, being like, oh my God, I can't believe he did X, Y, and Z. They're actually helping him more than anyone else. Like yeah. the reason that this song went so viral beyond the fact that it's actually just a half decent song is the fact that you had all these conservative politicians and people being like, have you heard the brand new little Nas song Montero and seen how incredibly controversial it is? Yeah. And then- if you haven't seen it at that point, you're obviously going to be like, wait, what song's this? Guess I'll go give it a listen. Totally. Like the free marketing that they generated was absolutely insane. So the video is currently sitting at 95 million views. So pretty solid. Um, but I think it's really interesting to think about how people need to market these days. And the fact that everyone is so overwhelmed by having things thrown in their face all the time. Mm that to break through the noise, do you think you need to be doing something that like has an element of shock factor? I think at the end of the day, if you're someone like uh, Lil Nas, where don't get me wrong, he's like a big musician, but he's not like the biggest musician. Yeah. I think doing what he did, which is relatively unique to him, not everyone could pull off. Um, it's just the biggest free marketing campaign you could ever do. I don't think you need to do the whole controversy thing to cut through. I think you can be like a Justin Bieber and have a big marketing ad spend campaign behind it that really like gives it momentum and gets it going. But if you're a little Nas where, you know, you've had a couple of big songs, but you're by no means like rolling in piles of cash, then you're like, okay, okay. Instead of spending like $8 million marketing yeah. this song, how about we get literally $100 million worth of free advertising by me doing a lap dance on the devil. Yeah, like, love that for you. Genius, absolute and genius. Did you see that Mischief, which is a company that has done some really, really cool things in the past with creators, did a drop with Lil Nas on Nike shoes that contained a drop of human blood? Okay, I, because obviously, yes, I, I have heard about the shoes, Every time I hear that and everyone is always like, oh, and apparently it contains a drop of human blood. Where are they getting this blood? Where is this blood coming from? I would also like to know, but I think the Mischief guys are so cool. So Mischief is this company Is it Lil Nas's blood? I don't know. That's a good question. Nah, they would have There's like 666 that. limited edition pairs. So I don't know how many drops of blood. Wouldn't be that much. Yeah, like right. That's like 100 mil. Okay. You know, like not that I would know. Uh, How many drops of blood in 666 pairs of shoes? I was going to say 100 mils. Mischief is a super cool company. They're based out of New York. They do a lot of limited edition drops. 
guerrilla marketing. Where are they getting this blood? Guerrilla marketing is like absolutely their shtick. They dropped a customized 666 pairs of customized Air Max 97 sneakers that contain red ink and one drop of human blood in the sole, according to the website. They sold for $1,018 per pair, which is in reference to the Bible passage Luke 10:18, which says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. <laughs> and and uh, Nike, is also just a reference to the fact that they got to charge $1,000 for a <laughs> pair of shoes and make a shitload of money. And Nike has since sued Mischief for the shoes. So I'm sure it will be I fine. love the, the whole storyline, the fact that Nike is suing Mischief over these shoes that they're doing with Lil Nas, like, it's so good. Like, yeah. you couldn't, like, he's laughing his way to the bank right I love now. the idea that there was, like, another Bible passage, like, John 10, 7. <laughs> and they were like, and they were like, they were like, oh, uh, 107. 107 bucks. Uh, like, any, uh, can we get some double digits on that second Can we find some there? verses closer to 10x that? Yeah. Genius marketing, because obviously Nike comes out and uh, sues them for making the shoe because yeah. it prominently featured the Nike tick. But by that point, apparently, obviously, Mischief anticipated that could happen. They'd already manufactured all the shoes and they shipped them immediately. Because obviously they sold out in like one minute. Yeah. So they just instantly shipped them when uh, when they sold. So Nike's now like, haha, we blocked you from doing this. And they're like, we don't even have the shoes anymore. Yeah. Like it just, it seems completely pointless. Also for and mischief, once again, it's amazing. Great for mischief. And also once again, adds into this marketing machine. Yeah. Where like, it's like, what? Okay, great. Nike is suing this company over the shoes that are promoting the music video, but the shoes don't even exist anymore. So the lawsuit isn't going to achieve anything. Yeah. So it's literally just a lawsuit promoting the music video yeah. and mischief and Lil Nas and it's genius. Everyone's laughing. And Everyone's making money. <laughs> I think, well, literally, like, I just think the biggest irony and the funniest part about this whole situation for me, the very people who are like most angry at the at what Lil Nas did in terms of like the the controversial stuff they're the ones helping him the most if you were just like watch the video I'm like yeah I guess it's like an all right music video and then shut up and go back to your day like you're not benefiting him but if you then go and use your platform to just like talk about this music video and promote it like dude a view's a view I don't care like he doesn't care if like it's a a conservative angrily listening to his song and being like, this is the devil's work. Because at the end of the day, that listen is still going to give him the platinum record. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's hilarious. And I'm looking on the internet right now and I cannot find any uh, information on where the blood has come from, but we will report back if we find I, I out I really where would like to know where that from. blood came from. I actually know one of the guys that works at Mischief. We've done some stuff with them in the past. Can we actually ask them, please? Yes. I will work out where the blood has where come from. Get blood? And I will post it on the Watch Time Instagram so you can Good follow idea. us there and figure it out. Love it. Alright guys, so we're moving into our question of the week, which this week is 100% for Elliot. And the question is what has happened to AAA game publishing? There is a drought. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's super interesting, isn't it? Because if you really think about uh, like the, the past year in coronavirus, obviously you've got all these like AAA movie, like if you look at the entertainment industry, like AAA movies that are 
being held back because obviously no one can go to the movies. It is like the opposite effect for gaming where everyone's stuck at home. So now is the time more than ever. But I don't know. Like I always have to check myself on this. Is it that publishers are slowing down, not releasing AAA games? Because naturally you do always get the huge release cycle of, you know, November, December when everyone's hitting the Christmas rush. And then you always, this part of the year is always slow. But I think it's, for me, it's not even like short term, like where are the AAA games? Because there there are some good games coming out. It's like, since Fortnite came out, has any good game been released? Well, Apex has been released. Apex has been released, but I wouldn't put Apex on the same tier as like literally. I'm talking about, and and they're very, very rare, but I'm talking about like an industry defining game. Yeah. GTA 5, Minecraft. Fortnite, they're probably the three that would like come to mind most How often though do you have a generation defining game? Well, exactly. And I feel like if you actually look at the timeline between Minecraft, GTA 5, man, oh, the GTA 5 Minecraft years were good years for game releases. Mm-hmm. But point being, what is that normal timeline? And it probably is you only get one of those crazy good ones every like three to four years. But man, does it feel like we need one right now. Because yeah. I don't know, there's just been no big game that people, that has that like actually moved the industry. No. Even Overwatch when it came out actually did a pretty powerful job of uh, kind of like moving the industry a little yeah. bit. And I don't think that was just within my bubble. Everyone was talking about it. And then obviously Fortnite did that again. Um, but it it feels like since Fortnite released, what, like four years ago now is when the Save the World came out, I believe. Yeah. There hasn't been a game that has like held people, you yeah. know? Like everything's been There's very been transient. There's been these like hot trendy games, I think, which is like Among very us, much a function of guys. like influencer culture and gaming culture and streaming and YouTube and that sort of thing. Because I've been chatting to people about this as well. And they're like, oh no, but like you've got like Battlefield coming out at the end of the year. Great. Actually super excited for Battlefield. Can't wait to play it not going to be something that is going to be like a new home base, Mm. you know? It's not going to be, it's going to be the kind of game that I'm going to get on with a few mates and have a really good time and probably blast it for a full week when it first comes out. But it's not going to be something that moves the industry. It's Battlefield. What about about Hytale? Haven't we been talking about Hytale for like two years? Hytale, please, save us. Two years I thought Hytale's been meant to be coming out. And then everyone was just like, oh yeah, no, definitely like March 2020." One, mm. but I feel like I haven't even heard a word about Hytale recently. I wonder if it was one of those projects. And is that generation defining, do you think? No, Hytale won't be because Hytale is, if anything, I mean, if it pulls off everything it's trying to achieve, I think it's kind of like souped up Minecraft, mm. you know, which is really, really cool, but I don't think that's going to be necessarily like something that changes the world. And the hard thing is like, you just don't know until they arrive. It's not even like I can look forward no. at the releases over the next year and be like, oh, yep, looks like we're not going to be getting any big releases that are going to like be like the next Fortnite yeah. or the next GTA. You wouldn't have predicted Fortnite. You wouldn't have called Fortnite. Yeah. No one would have called the little Swedish boy building a game out of his uh, out of his attic and notch when he made Minecraft that that was going to be like the no. biggest game of all time. The only sure thing that I would be like, okay, that's going to be huge. Cannot wait is GTA 6. Do you feel like there is a more of a move for existing game developers though, like Epic with Fortnite, to build out the games to a point where 
they are so big though that they are like a metaverse in and of themselves and therefore, yes, it's still Fortnite, but what Fortnite now means is completely different. Well, that's actually what I was going to say is I think one of the biggest reasons we're not getting big new AAA releases and, uh, and big new games coming out is that the way games used to work was you release the game, you sell the game for $60 a copy, yeah. and then you quickly hop back on working on your next game because that's where you make your money when you yeah. sell the game. Yeah. Whereas now we're moving into these models where it's very much like the in-game ecosystem transactions going mm. around and around and Free around. Free play like, with micro transactions. Rockstar, who makes GTA, they used to pump out games. Like obviously they would still work on them for a long time and do them to a really good level. It has been years since we've seen anything out of Rockstar, not yeah. even like a whisper about GTA 6, because they're just like, we don't really need to. Do you think that also the standard for what makes a great game and what makes a AAA release has changed? Like, do you think if, you know, like Fortnite's really redefined a new level, like maybe Overwatch to an extent redefined a new level, like do you think if Apex or Valorant or something released five or six years ago that they would be considered bigger, but because they're coming in the wake of Fortnite, they don't feel as powerful? Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good observation. That definitely is a factor, but... They're still not games that I think really, regardless of whether they're in the in the wake of Fortnite, have really like moved the industry. Mm. Like there was a great few years when PUBG first came out and introduced everyone to the concept of battle royale, and then that got iterated on, and then that came became ultimately Fortnite that took over. There just hasn't been anything like that for a while, and I, I legitimately think it's and it's this crazy irony that like developers are just getting lazy because they're making too much money from you reckon. Well, literally, okay. Dude, I want to speak the, to someone. I want to speak to a developer or something. All you need to do to look at to see the like toxic consequences of all these microtransactions is Valve. Yeah. They were they were literally one of the greatest game developers in the world. They were incredible. They made Half-Life, they made uh, you know, Counter-Strike, they developed TF2. They built the most incredible stuff ever. But then they made Steam as well, which is obviously the platform where you can buy games digitally. They take 30% on every game sale and they're literally just rolling around in piles of cash. And they're like, if, if you're making billions of dollars just through sitting there clipping the ticket on every sale, like why are you going to like bother risking your reputation, your image as a company? I don't know. To I make hate a game that, that might make like like, you know, if they make a good game, it might make like yeah. 20, 30 million. That, no, mm. keep pumping skins into Dota. Keep pumping loot crates into Counter-Strike and just keep printing money off the Steam store. Yeah. Like they don't, ultimately at the end of the day, these are companies, they're trying to make money. It sounds ridiculous, but some of them are making just too much money that they don't even have to be game developers anymore. I feel like that's, I don't want to leave the podcast on that note because it feels pessimistic and I don't want to call game developers lazy because I'm sure they're working really hard on a lot of things. But I think maybe it's just an observation that the industry itself is changing and what used to be standard is no longer and the way that games are developing and the way that games will come out in the future just looks different and what a game development company is looks different to what it once did. Yeah, I think uh, the other hard thing and um, I think one of the reasons that I think it'll still be a while before we get anything too crazy is that almost always the, the those gen genre defining games, like the really crazy ones, they never come out of the AAA studios. You know, it's never EA announcing a title eight months in advance and then 
we're waiting for it for the year and then it comes out and it does stuff really well. All the big publishers just wait, watch and follow. Mm. They they look for a kind of a category of game that looks like it's getting some traction and then they make their own little spin on it. That's how most big AAA developers work. Yeah. You know, you look at e- EA with Apex. Apex was a response to Fortnite. You know, you look at how Minecraft, that, that sandbox style of game, was born from like just a random indie developer who had like a crazy idea and took a shot. And then you look at Fortnite with PUBG. That was literally... Uh, like a mod for a game called Armor that um, that a guy called Player Unknown made, and then he teamed up and made PUBG, mm-hmm. and then Fortnite followed that. The kind of creation of like a new genre of game, yeah, it's it's a it, it's a process, and I think we'll probably see maybe and maybe it'll be like Among Us or um, or Fall Guys, mm-hmm. where maybe they are kind of like they are the PUBG of something that will come in the future, where it's this very like indie game that That's clearly. Cool has and now we're going to see people iterate on that idea and put out something bigger and better than ever that's cool that makes me feel excited that's that's my hopeful uh note to end (laughs) to end the episode on all right well guys thank you so much for watching this week's episode of watch time we'll see you next week remember to leave a review on the podcast on apple Podcasts, and we'll answer your questions from there other than that we will see you guys next week bye-bye bye-bye Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.